Craft Beer Radio, episode 373, on March 12, 2016. And hello, everybody, and welcome to Craft Beer Radio. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I thought that would great. Yeah, that, that worked out really well. We should we should not do it over and just stick with that one. This is a uh, our this kind of it's half of our Wales Bro show. Yeah, it's, there's some Wales Bro in here, yeah. and uh, some other stuff too. And one of the beers is a cherry bomb, so we figured we pull out pull out the runaways for that. I'm just gonna ask who sings that. I'm not even sure. Let's start off with the Sam Adams, huh? Okay, I, I was. Really, they, they sent this to us. They sent they, they sent us a bunch of stuff all the uh, time. This uh, one I was kind of interested in because um, I I like it when uh, when any uh, brewery does sort of a, a single hop version of something. And then I read on their information that this is not a single hop version no. of something. So Go okay. On. This is the Rebel Cascade IPA. So another version of their Rebel IPA. Of course, they're trying a whole bunch. Uh, but the hop varieties use are Cascade, Simcoe, Zeus, and Summer. But it looks like they're, it's their exploration of Cascade. Okay. Yeah, this came, I think, the same time they sent us the mm-hmm. Grapefruit Rebel. Right. 7.3% alcohol by volume, 76 IBUs. They use their uh, two-row pale malt blend, caramel malt, and honey malt. Beer pours a rich gold. It's like... Going towards brown, mm-hmm. nice thick, creamy head on it. Roma's a nice blend of. Uh, this one seems a lot more malty than regular Rebel, doesn't it? Like yeah, a, the color, the aroma's a lot more bready and caramelly on it. They used uh, a caramel as well. I mean, I'm not. Sure. I don't remember that being in the mm-hmm. other Rebel. Uh, it might be, but uh, I mean, it isn't. Some degree, yeah, most likely. But this one does seem a lot more deeper in color and more multi on the nose. Yeah, there's definitely a really nice mm-hmm. malt bread flavor. The hops come afterwards, so they're. I'm not really calling this an English style IPA. No, there's a ton of hops here, but it has a big malt body to balance it um more so than most ipas it's it's a a, a different aspect and I, I enjoy when you know you get a mm-hmm. big malt flavor that goes along with those hops it's the malt reminds me a little bit of sort of pumpernickel bread okay uh there's the hoppy quality is uh actually it, it it's more simcoe like than cascade to me uh, it it pulls across some of those slightly more resiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm with you on capabilities. This. It, it it's more towards I guess what we might call the population two IPAs than the population ones where the citrus and the population threes now are the tropical. Yeah, you know, with Cascade you would expect something to be orangey, orangey, yeah, something like that. Maybe I mean this does have some of the piney notes mm-hmm. that you would get there too. You know, leading towards pine, but yeah, this it it's pretty resiny. In the hops. It's interesting. It, it, 
if I had this at a bar, saw a Cascade IPA, and I had this, I would be like, what? This is not the Cascade IPA. But, uh, you know, it came out of the can. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm assuming this is the right thing. Right. Heavy dose of Cascade hops bring notes of citrus and spicy pine with just enough bitterness to draw you back for another sip. It's it's good. It, it has it's a nice drink. It has a nice drinkability to it. It has a really good mouthfeel. Um, carbonation is really kind of just right. Um, I, is, I'm liking this one a lot. Yeah. It's been. I'm trying to think. The last time I had straight up Rebel. It, it's been a while mm-hmm. since we've had it. I remember all the comments we had for the brewer when we were at that unveiling, yeah. you know, a couple years ago in Denver. And uh, I, 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 it's it's fuzzy. I was going to say what I think I said, but uh, I'll just let that one go. Well, the interesting thing about about it is that it became uh, essentially a platform that they have used. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting how, like you said, they're really exploring. It's it's interesting. I mean. I guess I can kind of maybe see like Rebel Brewing Company or something like that getting a little more mm-hmm. um, front and center. It's uh, but all the all the Rebels are IPAs, so it's not like you're gonna have a Rebel right stout. So well, I understand that, but again, when you see Rebel Cascade, you expected a single hop yeah. version of Rebel based on Cascade, where this is a lot maltier. It's a different beer. Mm-hmm. And I, while I like they're making completely different IPAs, I'm not sure the branding on this is clear of what the beer is actually. And I like I said, I think it's. I understand it now mm-hmm. as as more like it's, it's it's a platform for their stuff where they're doing various sort of IPA exploration, which is not something that Sam Adams did five years ago. Right, and now we know the next yeah. time we see a rebel, you know with a different label and different, you know, markings on it. We won't expect it to be rebel plus something or rebel right. minus something, but maybe a different IPA, which this is. Yeah. So may, instead of like, a, instead of thinking of it as, as a rebel, as a different brewing company, you may think of it as a different division of the same company. Um, you could almost, you could almost think of it like, uh, you know, they have various different candy bars and then they have ver- versions of those candy bars that are different. Like they have Twix with, uh, okay. With white chocolate right. and uh, and Snickers with um, with dark chocolate, those kind of things. All right, so that was the Rebel Cascade. Well, I like the maltiness on that. I like mm-hmm. how it kind of really differentiated it from just hops and water, and really it was a nice drinker and lots of maltiness. All right, so. I'm trying to figure out. Normally, we want to give a break between like the pale ales and IPAs, yeah. but I'm not sure if we have a break beer. Um, why don't we go? I kind of want to save that for a little bit later in the show. I'm gonna break our rule. I'm gonna do the Carbock here next, just okay. because it's a tough lineup. I don't think going to the old Guardian with Peco hops is the break beer that we're looking Probably for. Probably not. So, from, excuse me, from Carbach Brewing, uh, this is a Dave Dave beer. beer. 
Weekend Warrior Pale Ale, 45 IBUs, 5.5% alkaline volume. Two-row pale medium crystal and biscuit malts are used in the production of this beer. The hops that are uh, involved are Cascade, Mandarina Bavaria, and Amarillo and Simcoe. So we'll see. I love that they have a label on the bottom of the can. It says crafted on, but then the date is Julian or whatever instead of, you know, normal date. So not Julian, but like number of days in a year. So I think it was bottled on the 315th day of the year of last year. Huh. So well, there, there are three leading zeros. Why would you need three leading zeros if you're... <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sure, but it's either that or it was... Okay, so it says crafted on 000315-A5-002654. So pull out your decoder rings. What's A5? <laughs> so so I, I, just like A4, how, right? I just like how it says crafted on, and then it's some undistinguishable code. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if you crack the code, <laughs> you get the secret message, and you can figure out the beer that way. All right, this beer, the last beer we didn't mention, but it was stunningly clear. This mm-hmm. beer has some haze to it. It kind of looks like there's some particulate floating in there. It might be a little bit of yeast. It might be just the hoppiness on it. Mine's a little bit hazier than yours. Oh, actually. yours is a lot hazier. Let's blend. Yeah. So there was definitely some uh, yeast or other sediment in the bottom of this can. So to make sure Greg and I are tasting the same thing, we just kind of poured our beers back and forth. Has kind of a crackery, um, malty, like, um, you might say malty, kind of like fresh cracked barley malt type smell to it. It's, uh, the hot thing is, it, it smells a, a lot like Simcoe to me. Okay. There's some sort of like orange... Also yeah, from Cascade. I think the hopping to what I'm smelling, you know, just just from the aroma is is kind of a bit more orangey. I guess there is some resiny in there, but the orange is kind of standing out for me. I do like the uh, the malt aroma on this one. It 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 seems a little more um, worty than like the same Adams or the same Adams was very yes, refined yeah. and bread like this malting is a little more worty in it. The aroma. I think that follows through to the flavor. Um, but it has a more aqueous quality to it. It doesn't feel as full. And here's where I find Amarillo and Simcoe can get in the way sometimes, because they're they're they, it feels like they're they're adding a sort of little bit of sulfury, a little bit of earthiness that doesn't need to be there. It could mm-hmm. be brighter, uh, and that could actually enhance this a little bit. I think. Yeah. The um... It's pretty bitter. It's kind of sitting on the tongue. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely a bitter edge to this pale ale. The hops also taste a little bit. Um, it's, it, let me let me take another sip here. Underdeveloped, maybe. I mean, it's, it, it's... yeah. It almost tastes like you're. The whole thing kind of tasted like. Almost like tasting wort when you're brewing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, 
it's not completely that, but there's a sweetness to it. There's this like grainy grittiness. And then the hops kind of taste a bit like hopped wort as well. Um, not completely, but it's definitely pulling me back that way. I don't think it's a bad beer by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, I think the, the the Rebel, which mm-hmm. was, you know, again, it was a IPA, it was a different style altogether, but it, uh, it, it, interested me more into my mouth more than this stuff hopefully we're almost out of dave beers it's been three months and we're still cracking through them <laughs> just for the you know the healthiness of the beer right <laughs> yeah. we found a couple ones that have been out of code i think we're getting through them, most of them i warmed it up and warming it up brought some of uh Made the malt taste a little bit less gritty and less wordy and a little more refined. Uh, so, I mean, that last sip was better than the previous one. So I'm going to put my hands around this a little bit more. Here's the marketing speak on this one, which is, I, remember, I, I remind you, 5.5% alcohol volume. Uh, Weekend Warrior gives hopheads just what they desire while delivering sessionability that allows you to check <laughs> off that to-do list. That's using the old definition of sessionability, which I don't find. Yes. Uh, did you okay. did you see uh, Commander of Awesome asked you anything sessionable at Silver? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was actually. Uh there was a uh um a Berliner Heist that I had. Okay. Uh, yeah, we had... talked in the pre show. Greg was just out in San Francisco. It sounded like he had a heck of a time. And he was at Russian River, Cellar Maker, and what was the place in Oakland again? Uh Beer Revolution. Beer Revolution. So and uh, we kind of had, I had an unboxing from all the beers he brought back in the pre-show. So you hear a lot of bubble wrap popping at the beginning. <laughs> but um, but a handful of Russian rivers, and then you stopped at a beer place in San Francisco and got a couple other beers from some I've heard of, some I haven't. So yeah. excited to try some of those. It was cool just to be able to like, be like, okay, you know, I got these Russian river ones, which is like, is, while I'm there, I might as well. Uh, and then I just looked for stuff that looked interesting and looked like and looked local was another thing. I wanted to get stuff that I'm not going to be able to find, so we're right. going to get those on later shows. Greg called me when he was at the beer store, and it's it's always difficult to to do beer shopping via phone. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, I, I basically just had to tell Greg, I'm like. Just, just go. Yeah. I mean, he's like, you want to FaceTime? I'm like, because no, the last time we tried to FaceTime, it was still hard to follow. It just, it's just not a good experience. So I said, just go ahead, have fun. <laughs> All right. So now we have uh, one bomber and two 750 milliliters, yeah. cor- Cajun corked. We're gonna chug the whole thing. <laughs> Let's do the cherry bomb. Okay. So this is from Hop Farm Brewing Company. And I don't expect you're going to find much information no. on the website about uh, this. No. The best information I could find was really uh, well. This there's this one of a thousand, so don't expect there to be very much of this. Around. It's still on sale, but you'd have to come to Pittsburgh yeah. and go to Hop Farm to get it. Uh, beer wrapping calls an American Wild Ale, eight point five percent alcohol by volume, brewed with cherries, caged and corked in a seven hundred fifty milliliter Tight bottle. Cork. Which Jeff is trying to uh, 
It's not Defenestrate because it's not out of a window. That was one of the one of the names of the beers at Russian River was Defenestrator, I think. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me see that that, that beer list because it might be. Uh, on I didn't there. see that. I don't think it was on here. I, I went through them back because all the Asians. Yeah, yeah. De- defenestration. Oh. Uh, which is the Hoppy Blonde Ale, which I, I didn't try, but I like the... Uh... <laughs> it, it, but if you're making a Bach, you make a Defenestrator, that would be... <laughs> <laughs> okay, this cork's almost out. All right. Doesn't mean it's going to be out soon. I'm just saying no. it's almost out. It's almost out. Here, keeps going. God. This is a podcast. This is a podcast. <laughs> You know, back in the day, before I had kids, I would edit out this part of the show. Oh, the cork's starting to break. Uh-oh. Come Careful, on, buddy. You can do it. You can do so it. So the other cork... Oh, there was... Okay. That's that a nice, nice Pressure sound. on it. That's a long cork. That is a Look long at the cork. size wow. of Matt's cork. <laughs> Matt, you got a long cork. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's got uh, that. That's cork shape. <laughs> You're so eloquent. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, I don't know what else to say besides. Okay, it's it's red. It's got uh, it's got a big. Uh, you can hear all of the carbonation coming off of that. It's got a pretty fluffy. Rosy head, I would say, like you know, white but with the uh, red little colors there. It's moderately clear, top of the bottle. At least I'm sure there's some conditioning sediment at the bottom of the bottle. Yeah, it has a nice uh, rosy type complexion to it. Very fine bubbles. Looks a little bit like uh, a little bit like a Rodenbach, I guess. Mm-hmm. Doesn't smell like one, but <laughs> <laughs> there's a you know cherry. It doesn't quite smell exactly like a creek. I think there's a little bit more earthiness in there. Yeah, you're not getting much but fruit mm-hmm. on the aroma. Took a sip, get some cherry. It does have kind of creek type cherryness to it. Mm-hmm. Very highly carbonated. So like I tasted some Belgiany cherry, and then yeah, this needs you to know, be. So I'm going to work some of the CO2 out of it because I really couldn't really taste much malt or you know depth of flavor because like I said that the bubbles scrubbed the flavor off the tongue immediately. Scrubbing bubbles. Hey, maybe you're in the mood. Maybe you need to purchase some Scrubbing Bubbles. Uh, have I got an option for you? Oh, Scrubbing Bubbles. If you need to, like, get some cleaning supplies, need to get some data supplies, you need uh, to get clothes. some clothes, some paper, some... Books? They still sell books, right? I don't think they sell books anymore. Uh, no more books? No. You know, but there's that website for Amazon, but it's not Amazon.com. It's craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Go there, do all your shopping. It doesn't cost you a penny more. But instead of Amazon keeping all your hard-earned cash, some of it comes to us. So, so you're helping support the podcast 
by shopping at Amazon, which you're probably already doing. So just start with craftyradio.com slash Amazon. It does not get any easier than that. Doesn't cost you any more. Doesn't, uh, doesn't interfere with you except for adding craftyradio.com to the... Slash Amazon. Slash Amazon. Yeah, just bookmark that and just or just type it in each time. Don't shop on your mobile phone because you can't get referral fees yeah. on your mobile phone. Don't, don't use your Echo either. Oh, yes. All right. All right. So we worked out some CO2 at the Cherry Bomb. Okay, there we go. These bubbles didn't scrub everything away immediately. Mm. There's a, a cherryness comes through really nice. It's kind of rich through the middle. It's almost like a, a cherry. You ever have those um, syrups? You know, those like cherry or blueberry flavored syrups where it's. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I know what you mean. It's like uh, Schmuckers makes them or something like that. You know, it's it's an alternative to maple-flavored syrup, but it's cherry-flavored syrup. There's probably no maple syrup in any of those at all, <laughs> right? And um, But it kind of has the... So the one that I'm most familiar with is like a blueberry syrup. I, love, I like those a lot. And kind of that saturation of flavor of yeah. this in the middle, especially with the maltiness, you know, it's kind of bringing out that kind of cherry syrup type flavor this is another example of how um you know brewers make fruit beers nowadays that don't have medicine-y mm-hmm. uh, qualities to them um but at the same time this is not it's not my favorite cherry beer i've ever had right i mean there there have been other beers that have used it more in, in more sort of elegant this is very kind of like you said sort of smuckers like it's 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 a it's a kind of in your face cherry without um Mm-hmm. Without okay. frills, without, without lots of... Uh... Yeah, and the tartness is kind of... It, it doesn't really tell a huge story mm-hmm. either. The tartness is there. There's a little tangy tartness to it. it. It's fine. It's just not something we're really able to comb through. And, yeah. And be like, oh, look at this. No, oh, look at that. But, I mean, for a sour, you know, Cherry Creek-type beer, it's decent. No, I would no say problems. that uh, it, it, it lives up to its name. Right, I mean, okay. it, it's right. um, it's exactly what you would think it would be based on the label, uh, no better or worse. So it's 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 a bomb of cherries at you, uh, and you know it's 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 a well done version mm-hmm. of that, but it's not going to, it's not it's not it's not a cherry, a cherry uh, ex, extravaganza or yeah. cherry. It, it might get. I could definitely imagine this getting a lot more complex in a year or so. You know, give it some time on the cellar, and I think it would definitely get some more complexity in the flavor. But if you're just going for the, bam, I want I want to have a big old fruit beer with some with some tang and uh, and get it's, that. It's nice stuff. that it's not syrupy or medicinal, though. Mm-hmm. Even though I talked about the that cherry syrup flavor, right. the flavor is not syrupy. It's not like remember when we had Big Luscious from Founders. It was a raspberry. Yeah, I swear. I swear but it was that. like. Old, like, just way too much yeah. raspberry. You know, I don't want to mislead anyone thinking that this is, like, that much. I mean, there's significant cherry, but it's not mm-hmm. overboard. Now, I, I, I assume that because there's a lot of pressure, they couldn't put in a bomber. Otherwise, they should have with the name Cherry Bomb. <laughs> it's bigger than a bomber, right? It's yeah, a, it's an ounce of bigger. So, uh, But, yeah, I mean... It was really highly carbonated. Mm-hmm. It's in a big glass bottle. 
that cork was in there tight. So it's definitely in a pressure vessel to, to give it that Belgian-type character. Absolutely. All right, so oh, we're going fast on this show. Are we? We're tearing it up, aren't we? Yeah. 2016, this was, did, uh, you bought this, right? No. No, this was sent this. to us yeah. by Stone. Uh, 2016 Stone Old Guardian Barley Wine, dry hopped with Pico or Peco hops. I'm not sure. I'd go with Peco. Peco Double K. I, I took a look at what Peco hops were. Um, you can get them from the American Dwarf Hop Association. They're number 871. They like to call themselves Little Hops. <laughs> I get it. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> Jeff made a funny. Uh, you did. I wasn't expecting. It was good. Uh, eight eight seventy one. It's there. It's named for the Finnish god of field and crops. So there's okay. your trivia bit for you. It is. Its grandmother was nine ten dash twenty seven, and open male is its grandfather. Its mother is ADHA 538. <laughs> I love that lineage. That's yeah. a really strong family. Mm-hmm. So uh, they say basically characteristics of floral citrus mint. Okay. So, I mean, this is huge, like, curveball for me. Old Guardian, you know, when I buy Old Guardians, I they, they go straight to the cellar. Right. For at least five years, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's crazy hoppy barley wine. And the listeners of the show should know by now that I like the English styles. I like the more multi ones. I like the hops to kind of fade out. Like even Bigfoot, right? Fresh Bigfoot, I think, mm-hmm. is too hoppy for my oh, yeah. preference. So we get this, you know, old guardian in the mail. It's like, okay. I'm like, oh, it's dry hops with Pico hops. I guess we probably shouldn't sell her this for five years. They probably want us to drink it now. 75 IBUs, 11% alcohol by volume. The varieties of hops that are used are Warrior, Cascade, Chinook, and these uh, Peko or Pico, Peko, Peko. I think double K. It's P E K K O. I'm going with Peko on that. And then when we did the New Year, or the, not the New Year's, but the recent uh, Google Hangouts with the beerists, uh, one of the guys from Stone joined the thing and he, mm-hmm. he also said to okay. drink it now. So. And there's a whole, as with most of these uh, stone beers, there's a whole bunch of stuff on the back. Uh, written by Greg from Stone. And, um, yeah, we're not going to read that. I, I could search for, I remember the last time I actually tried to read, I, I read one on, on the air, which was, I don't know, uh, two or three years ago, I found some spelling errors, which was <laughs> funny, uh, but uh, not necessarily. Yeah, we don't have to do that yeah. this time. The... Um, The aroma on this one. So you you mentioned I'm I'm glad I'm not sure if I'm glad you mentioned mint, or but it probably definitely gives me a benchmark because when I'm smelling this, there's it's it's not straight up mint mint, but it's something that's herbal and floral, and in no, it's, there it's, it's straight and, up mint. It, if you it, ask me, yeah, it's there. It's spearmint. Okay, and uh, like I smelled it and I thought it was like sulfury at first. Oniony, you know. Then I kind of like I kind of walked in, and I'm like, wait, no, it's minty, and you know. So, but it kind of took me this roundabout way for yeah. me to realize it was mint, where it was kind of it actually passed through onions before I got there. It's, I mean, it it's not so. It's so the minty comp. I'm trying to remember what what the what the mint compound is because there is a variety of of compounds that all 
that that mints are based off of. Okay. Uh, and just like uh, Capso, uh, you know, the, the, the Vanilloids and other stuff like that, they're they're based off of a what ultimately was at one point a, a chemical defense mechanism for plants, uh, and now is okay. <laughs> turned into various different things. Starting to smell more of the. I I think it's the. I was I would say I think it's the the chinook coming through, but I'm not quite sure. Okay. I'm really stuck in that mint onion type part of the garden. I smell it. Not a lot of malt coming off of this, right? There's just it's, it's a barley wine, but you're just getting hops. <laughs> On the flavor, <clears throat> it goes. You know, a nice maltiness, and then it gets into this hoppiness, and it's it's definitely interesting. I'm getting I'm getting this kind of like um, vanilla creaminess that I wasn't expecting in the middle, and then it kind of goes towards mint. I'm not getting the onion in the flavor that I was getting on the aroma, and then the aftertaste is kind of um, I guess orangey. Uh, it's something orange pineapple something like that in the aftertaste hmm. I just had, I had a very I'll, I'll, I'll mention it. it has nothing to do with the beer it's just one of those weird feelings I just had um, you know how if you're in a pool or something and there's I wouldn't say water goes up your nose necessarily, but there's, okay. there's a weird like sensation when some fluid is like in. Okay, I, it it just happened all of a sudden to me, and that's it's it's rare. <laughs> so I, was, I just thought, wow, that's that's different. In the, in the spirit of full disclosure, <laughs> right, right. I can't say I'm noticing the same thing. No, 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 no. It had nothing to do with the beer. It has oh, nothing to do with the oh, beer. It I was see. more like a whoa that that was that I'm was not odd. Swimming. Yeah, this uh, beer... So I mentioned how I don't like hoppy barley wines. Mm -hmm. This beer isn't really coming across like a hoppy barley wine to me. It's coming across... I mean, the hops are... They're there. I'm not sure what I'm getting to yet, but I, all I know right now is it, it doesn't taste like like a too hoppy barley wine to me. I'm enjoying it. It doesn't more. taste like an overtly malty barley wine, though, either. It's... it's well, but no, it yeah. doesn't. I mean, it, yeah. the thing is, it's hoppy. But it's in a more uh, delicate way. It's yes. not face ripping. I agree. I agree. And it doesn't have the 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 parts of hoppy barley wines that I'm with you in that you know I'd, the hops overwhelm them because they're meant to calm down. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so, but this is this does feel like it's this is what it's meant to be at at least uh, right right now. Right. Or maybe my palate has changed, but that is uh, that's certainly a, a possibility. But I, I, well, they do have on the bottle they say age at cellar time, so they they do expect oh, you to okay. age it. Hmm. At some point, it's going to turn mostly into aged old guardian, right? The peco is probably going to fade probably more yeah. than you know. It's not like the mint's going to hang around forever. It's going to hop it like everything else. But yeah, that that quality. That minty quality does does carry through and does have a 
well, I, I want to try other beers with Pecco in them now. I, yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm really curious about it. We're mixing things up. All right. Jeff is pulling out a uh, doing a what's well, not a wild card, but a um, audible calling. Audible. <laughs> calling an audible. Yeah. <laughs> We talked about in the pre-show. We mm-hmm. forgot about when we set the lineup. So we're going to pull up. The next beverage we're going to drink is not a beer. It's a mead. We got some meads from the Laurel Highlands Meadery, which is here in Pitts- near Pittsburgh. It's uh, southwest or southeast of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And uh, they sent us a couple bottles of their mead. They sent us their traditional mead and their Saison. Well. You got to go with the one that's called a saison, yeah. I think, instead of the traditional for this kind of show. So it's in the wine bottle. So I got the old corkscrew out here. You know, you know that us at Craft Crafty Radio sometimes we will go uh, beyond just the beer. All right. So this guy, you know, at cellar temperatures, it's still meat, of course. Uh, a uh, alcoholic beverage made with honey, uh, generally considered a honey wine. Yep. So let's see here. What did we get from the label? Since we didn't do the other research, saison uh, style mead, which is something we probably should have looked up. The ABV on this is eleven to thirteen. It is it does contain sulfates, and the Laurel Highlands Meadery is in. Uh, Herminity, Pennsylvania. So I just looked up Saison-style mead. And there are... That doesn't... It seems weird that some of them... I should pick up a BJCP guideline. So it's picking up Saison as opposed to... Right. Uh, but but the, at, at a place called Meadist... Uh, they have something called this is a well this is this is a farmhouse saison mead recipe. So it's something. What are the ingredients other than honey, or what kind of honey is in a saison? Okay, so here's the recipe. ingredients uh, besides the water: six uh, pounds of orange blossom honey, one teaspoon of yeast nutrient, the uh, Y yeast thirty seven eleven French saison yeast. Oh, okay, so. Uh, one lemon, two zots pellet hops. They have hops in there, and uh, three quarters cup of corn. Now this isn't Laurel Highlands recipe. This is yeah. just another recipe. But yeah. but we can kind of use that as hints while we're smelling and tasting, mm-hmm. and kind of go from there. So yes, uh, so they also had, like I said, three quarters cup of corn sugar to add to, to add to the uh, fermentables. Okay. Um, but so it could really be just the yeast that's used. It could be. Smells wonderful, doesn't it? It's interesting. The aroma, it it has. It's, other than saying it smells like meat or smells like honey, I know this is. I'm gonna have to learn, you know, exercise my vocabulary here. I would say this is definitely orange blossom honey. It has this kind of um, orchard type aroma to it, you know. If you have, if you ever had orange blossom honey, you know, on, 
you know, as a food stuff, right? It has a different kind of a richer, more um, kind of, I guess, orange zest type, just touch of like the, the oils in the, the flavor as opposed to clover honey. Which, that's most of the honey you get, right? The, the traditional the honey you get in the stores. If you buy plain old honey, most of it, it especially, well, I think it, it's really regional, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but, you know, for us, it's going to almost certainly be clover honey. Right. Or a blend of different honeys into a neutral honey. But if you buy orange blossom honey, it gives you, uh, you know, it, you know, a lot of flavor in honeys comes similar to the pollen that's in the orchard, right? So, I mean, it makes sense. It's, it, it comes from the bees processing. Right. right. Well, it's in the nectar and yeah. whatnot. So I guess nectar more so than, but imagine, you know, if you think of cherry blossoms and smelling those. And then if you ever, I've never been to an orange orchard. I've never really smelled orange blossoms, but I've been able to extrapolate from like essential oils of an orange and like orange zest. You know, it's along those lines is the best I can describe. Mm-hmm. And look for those in the honey, and you can kind of find a cross cross section that matches. There's a very polleny type of aroma that's coming off of it too, mm-hmm. um, which you I guess would probably expect from a product that is that comes from at some point pollen. It's not that far removed from pollen. Well, it's it's the nectar in the flowers, but I mean that's adjacent but, to the pollen. Yeah, yeah. So the um, Took a sip, really sweet. Get a big honey flavor through that as well. I really, hate, I know I, hate, I, I don't like myself for saying a honey flavor in a mead. Of course, that's it. I'm trying to come up with better words as I go. It uh, starts out sweet, but it it actually doesn't end sweet. It, it gets moderately dry towards the end. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's a semi sweet mead towards the end there. Um. Is there a little bit of bitterness in this? Do you think that might be slightly hopped? Like, I have this bitterness on my tongue all of a sudden. And I don't know if that's left over from the old Guardian. (laughs) Or if this one might be hopped. Greg's uh, looking up the meat on the website, I think. All I see is that they say they use a French Saison yeast. Okay. Uh, Oh, tiny hop note. But that could be, I don't know whether that's... And it could be me going from that recipe, but mm-hmm. I, yeah, I probably would have chalked it up to leftovers from the stone had you not told me that the Saison mead recipe was lightly hopped. Yeah. And now I'm thinking that, you know, that leftover bitterness in the late aftertaste is straight out of this mead. It doesn't have much of a hop flavor, right? but the mead's so sweet going through it. And the oranges are so potent that, you know, it's overpowering any kind of hop flavor that might be there. I, I like it a lot because it's not really sweeted. Because it's it's not dry, but it's not... Yeah, it's, I would call it a semi-sweet. Yeah. It, it's not cloying and super syrupy. Mm-hmm. There's a sweet blast up front, but it dries right through the middle of the flavor. It's mm-hmm. pretty dry going through there. And um, I think there might be some kind of... Um, granite-like flavors, you know, like trying to find the saison-y things, right? There's kind of a mineraliness in the mid-taste, kind of a granite granitiness. Yeah, yeah, sure. After a few sips, you kind of get past the honey flavor mm-hmm. and can kind of get into uh, more flavors. 
uh, like right now on my tongue is kind of like orange pith, right? I think it's getting towards the hoppiness, but it's kind of it's kind of bitter and it's pithy. It's a good drinker. Yeah, slightly rustic. I would say there's almost a, a wheat field quality, okay. a little dusty quality to it that that the saison uh, yeast is coming. In. I mean, there's not like it doesn't go barnyard or anything like that, or or even like you know the the coiled rope thing we like to use, or mm-hmm. um, or saddle or leather or stuff like that. But but there is a dustiness. Well, think of like a traditional saison, like a phantom or something, right? Dustiness is kind of a characteristic in those as well. Mm-hmm. I love the bright orange blossom type aromas on this. If you're if you're looking to expand outwards, uh, needs are a great way to go, I think, because they have there's really. Uh, just like beer, there's a lot of really interesting directions they can go in, uh, and they're not just plain old sweet bombs. Uh, I mean, certainly, I mean, wine is available for everybody. You can go in in in, in hundred directions with wines, right? As well, but um, I mean, but you do have to meads. you do have to check out good like craft artisanal meaderies mm-hmm. because like mead several years ago in Pennsylvania was not available, not mm-hmm. popular. And I remember asking about meads at the state liquor store, right? You know, cause right. we have the wine and spirits, you know, where you, that's where you buy your wine and whiskeys and things and asking about the meads, like what, do you have any meads available? And the clerk was like, well, like the only mead that we have in the store is Chaucer's mead. Which is basically apple juice, you know, <laughs> like it, it's cidery, it has sugar added, and the only time they sell it is for that big um, medieval role playing thing that they do yeah. up at Cooper's Lake. Yeah, uh, I forget what they call it now, right? So, LARPing is it? Is it? Well, it's not. It, it's I don't know. They probably do LARP there, but um, it's not a Ren Fest, is it? Is it? No, I can't think of the name right now. But well, anyway, there's a big medieval thing north of Pittsburgh that happens every year. And I guess when the freaks come into town, they go to the wine and the spirits. F- why are you calling them freaks? Because <laughs> they buy mead, <laughs> bad, bad mead for the event. Well, that was all that's that was only, available. Yeah, that's the only reason. But it's, it's like when you, if you yeah. went into if, if you went into the liquor store because I've done you know I did that yeah. five years ago. Similar for looking for sake. Yeah, it was seven years ago. Yeah, then they had. Yeah. Okay. Benny I apologize. I called them. Yes. Uh, and now, no. Now there is a, a greater availability of sake as well. Um, mm-hmm. So th- these these things have opened up. Right. Although I would consider sake closer to beer than than mead. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about we haven't done sake in a while. We did a sake we show did a sake way show. back. Uh, you can go look for that if you search for it. Uh, yeah, we probably did three or four different sakes we found. Um, yeah, it's a good beverage. Definitely, mm-hmm. if you haven't had much sake, check it out. And the cold sakes is what you want, not the yeah, not the, the, not warm the hot sakes. Yeah, those are those are not the high quality sakes. All right, so that was the Laurel Highlands uh, Meadery saison, and I like that. I do too. I like that a lot. And the final beer of the evening is Whale Bro, 
Paid twenty five bucks for this bottle at Caliente in Hampton. And this is yeah, uh, here's a question. Do you think we, we we've talked about the possibility of a of a podcast called Shelf Turge? Should we also have a companion podcast called Whales Bro? And <laughs> that's every that's a there's a bunch of there's a bunch of Whales Bro podcasts <laughs> out there right now. All right, so this is <clears throat> This one has a synthetic cork. Look at that. It's yeah, all plastic. That's what I was saying. It's, it's, it's a different a different thing entirely. Something that can be sanitized and so, not ruin the beer. So Deb Proof a... Reserve Signature Ale from Deb Proof Bowery uh, with uh, uh, Tommy Rother as well. Yep. Who we've had on the show. Who's been a guest. We came to Pittsburgh for their Lost Abbey launch. We... Uh, able to have him sit down and be a guest host on the show it's it great it's pretty cool except we went to a bar where there was a bunch of dirty tap lines and he couldn't say bad things about the beers right. uh 8.5 alcohol by volume on this belgian strong pale ale This one should be stuck in the back for me to read here. Hybrid of American and Belgian brewing technologies. Well, technically it is technology. Uh, made with American hopping additions and finished with the uh, traditional Belgian yeast flavor of... With the traditional Belgian yeast flavor of bread maniaces. Okay. <laughs> okay. Say it might have been written by someone who speaks Flemish yeah. in their primary language, so give it, give it a break, man. Generous amount of Amarillo, Phoenix, and German brewers' gold hops in the boil and for dry hopping during conditioning. Fermented both strains of traditional Saccharomyces and Brabenices yeast. All right. All right. So we right, got. So the beer is uh, moderately cloudy, kind of an orangey gold. The head has fallen down, poured with a medium amount of head. The aroma is a bunch of things. The aroma is it doesn't smell immediately bready to me. Oh, I see. I it does to me, but I smell like three main chords, like each okay. sip, everything. So there is a hoppiness, which is kind of. Because of the other things in the beer, the Belgian yeast, the Brett, it, it kind of um, smells continental, even though I know they said American hops. You know, the aroma for me when I first smelled it, it's kind of like a Halbertau Zotz type aroma. And then there's a really kind of toffee, biscuity, malt aroma coming off of this. And then there's kind of this bready hop. You know, like uh, if you had other beers that are hoppy and breaded, you get a certain kind of aroma that isn't really leathery. It's this rustic, and that it, that's what makes the hops, I think, more spicy than citrusy or piney or resiny or floral, but more spicy. Okay. So that's why I'm okay. kind of yeah. thinking right. that they smell like spicy hops, like continental hops, even though they may not be, because ho those hops plus Brett kind yeah. of pull to a spicy angle. So yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Because when I when I think Brett, I think of a of a particular um, 
a thing I don't know a particular aroma that comes through that, that that is very much bread but this is really bread with hops and that's yeah. a difference there's been a couple beers we've had yeah. that have been hopped breaded beers and this kind of falls into that thing now I just took another smell and it was a lot more orangey as it, you know it, as it as mm. the the beer develops in the glass And then if you like bury your nose and cup over the glass, you you get the maltiness more so than the brett or the hops. And the maltiness for me is kind of biscuity, um, kind of like a hardtack cracker or something like that. Um, what are those things called? Um, there's a cracker. It's kind of it's hard. It but it uses barley in it. You know, it's like think of like grape nuts but pressed into a cracker. Kind of like that. That's kind of like the flavor that I'm getting on the aroma here. I I, I don't know if I've ever had that. That is very interesting. So yeah, the my first sip. Get hops. The hops are not all spicy like I was talking about mm-hmm. the aroma. They start out. Uh, ooh man. That's when really I say developing. Interesting. I really mean it. This is mm-hmm. there. There's a lot here to. We're gonna have to unpack this. To yeah, and 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 whether unpacking it is is the right option or not is is questionable because is it the amalgam or is it the components? Well, I I think the only way we can describe thing is in more elemental pieces, right? Mm. So we need maybe not unpacks the word, maybe explores the mm. word, but you know I think I definitely need to explore because that first sip, it started out a lot more uh, citrusy with a little bit of resin. I, I really need I'm not comfortable with that description. I want to nail it down some more, but then it gets into the the bready hops that were turned spicy. And uh, it went through a really neat progression. I need to take another sip here. I, I think this is very, very fascinating because it's there. There is so much to explore here. There's so much interesting stuff. Now, this is there's a difference between interesting, like conceptually, interesting flavor wise, and engaging. Like and, this, and, and and delicious, delicious, right? And so this one is like the engaging, delicious, like like it, it it's hooking me and pulling me, and like okay. So I, I slightly disagree. I, no? I don't know. This is delicious. Like this is not like oh, I want to have more of this, but it is. Ooh, I want to keep trying this and tasting this. Okay. It is, but there's something I understand what you're saying. It's not immediately like oh, the best thing I've ever tasted, mm-hmm. but there's something that is oh. It's a hook, and it's it's pulling yes. you in, yeah. and you're like, "Ooh, I need to taste that again." Ooh, I need yes. to taste that again. Yes. Ooh, I need to taste that again, and that's exactly where I'm at, right? Where, yeah, maybe it's not like, "Oh my god, I am happy right now." Yeah. I I've figured out the mysteries of the universe. <laughs> yeah. No, we haven't figured out the mysteries of the universe, but it, it's tempting us. It's like the mysteries are right over here. Come with well, me. There, there, there's something about this that is very unique. It's a flavor that I don't know if I've ever really had before, uh, in, in, in this, in this way. And I, I'm not put off by it at all, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, but I'm not like, I'm not pulled. It's not, um, 
uh, it's not caramel popcorn, right? It's not, mm-hmm. it's not like, uh, it's not a candy bar. It's not just fulfilling sort of your base senses. It's not fulfilling some sort of luxury. It's like, okay, wow, there's really interesting stuff going on here. What is it? It's fascinating. It's, I, I, there's so much to this. Yeah. I don't know. So where right up get. front, the first thing I notice every sip I take is this thing that, I'm trying to trying to come up with the fruit that it is. I can't, but you know, it's something like a hybrid orange lemon. Right, I'm getting that right up front, like before it gets into the brett. I'm getting this hybrid orange lemon, where it's not too sour, but there's definitely a lemony or lemon zest type character to it. I'm gonna give you something and see if you agree. There's a little bit of guava here. Guava. Remember we had some the little small fruits. Okay. I don't remember it well enough to know. I was picturing something small. So maybe I was picturing guavas. Or kumquats. I mean, com- yeah, that's what I was picturing was kumquats. Mm-hmm. I couldn't put a name to it. I'm like, a hybrid lemon-orange thing. <laughs> um, so right up there. But then after you get past that pure citrusy thing, the bread starts to play, right? And it gets a little... Apricotty, maybe? like and Okay. Oh. Think of this, the fuzzy skin, too. That texture yeah, right? plays into this whole impression. You need kind of the fuzzy skin of the apricot. It gets a little grassy, haze, straw-like. Yep, yes. And that's where it gets... Um, the hops come back around a second time, but they're much more spicy. They taste more like a continental hop at that point. You know, because the Brett's in there playing with it. And then some kind of, like... Uh, um barley and even like maybe corn like sweetness comes in too uh so you get so you, okay so i you get, get it this sweet quality like mm-hmm. a sweet corn um and then there's at the end like a little buckwheat yeah 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 i think we just figured out the history <laughs> of the universe there we go that's it all right, we it, figure it out. This is this is the signature ale from uh, <laughs> De Proof with Tommy Arthur from Port Brewing, and uh, man, so it's a hoppy Brett beer, but it's it's so much more than that. You know, yeah, it's, it's really deep and explorable. Yeah, and that that's um that 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 is exceptional in my book is is to be able to be like wow, let's explore this. I wouldn't even know. So it, many beers we've had yeah. mixing those type of ingredients have like just one tenth of that depth to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just skimming the surface of what it can be. And this thing is diving deep. That's that's an amazing beer. 25 bucks. I'm not upset. No, that, that was worth it. That was worth it. Wow. All right. Well, um, I think we know what a number one is going to be, so the question is then the rest of it. Yeah, it's it's going to be, uh, I think there's going to be some hard luck losers in here. Yeah. Some guys towards the bottom that aren't bad beers, but, no. toward, but they're going to be towards the bottom. Okay, so from the bottom for me, I'm going to put the Carbach, the Weekend Warrior in last place. The beer just didn't seem as put together as any of the other things that we've had tonight uh it seemed, tastes a little warty up front and um it's not bad but it just didn't compare to all the other things um i am going to put 
Cherry Bomb in fifth place. I like this beer a lot. I think you give this beer a year in the cellar, you have a lot to look forward to. It's going to be a more rich experience. Uh, but right now it was kind of just one or two things, and it wasn't a super rich experience, but it was well done. Uh, let's see, fourth place. Let's do the Old Guardian with Peco Hops. I like that beer a lot more than I thought I would. It didn't taste like a hoppy American barley wine. There was so much more going on in it. Uh, it you know, it, it it's in fourth place because the three things in front of it were just that much better. I'm going to put the same Adam as Rebel Cascade in third place. I really liked the malt character on that beer. I And, and it was... It really nailed bringing the flavors that it brought together. I thought that it would just just tasted polished, you know, where some of the beers before it didn't quite have the same level of polish to it. Uh, number two, I'm going to put the Laurel Highlands Meat. I really, really like that. Mm -hmm. um, that really hit the spot. That was delicious. Not too sweet. I liked how it was a semi-sweet. It had a nice dry streak through it. Had, if anything... The, it seemed like there was a bitterness on my. And it could have came from previous beers, but if anything, there was a lingering bitterness on my tongue that got a little, a little too noticeable. But I'm not willing to blame the beer or the mead completely. It could have been that old guardian lingering around, you know, helping drag down the bitterness. And then the number one beer I think has got to be this signature ale from Deproof and and Tommy Arthur. It's just. There's a lot going on out there, and it, it's such a deep and explorable beer. And those are the fun ones, the ones that are like you feel like Indiana Jones going through the tunnel, making sure you're not setting off any booby traps. And and that's kind of what it feels like drinking this beer. Yeah, uh, my my rankings are somewhat similar, but not exactly the same. Uh, I'm going to put the car back last. Uh, it, it was to me um, an expression of, of why Amarillo and Simcoe. Uh, Traditionally, don't work for me. But I've had beers very recently that have worked completely. So that's not to say that it doesn't. But uh, it, they can be just kind of uh, thrown in there and, and, and not work for me. Uh, I'm going to put the Sam Adams number five. It's not that I didn't like it. I did like it a lot. But I just felt that the other beers had other, other stuff to offer. Number four, I'm going to put the Cherry Bomb, mostly because it, 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 it was exactly what it said it was going to be. And, and it delivered. Um, once you work out the carbonation, it was kind of just pretty much exactly what I expected and no more, no less. And that's good. I, I like that. Uh, and like you said, if you age it, it might even be better uh, if you can get one. Uh, now I'm going to put the stone number three. I really did like the way that the, the Pekka was coming through in there. I like the, the mint stuff going on. I'm going to say that, I mean, I... I yeah, th that was probably one of the better Old Guardians I've ever had, even though um, mm -hmm. Old Guardians... Been, been... I mean, even compared to ones with age on yeah. it, I liked this one a lot. It's really good. Uh, but then with uh, number two and number one, I agree completely. The Laurel Highlands was, was delicious. That uh, uh, Whatever was going on in that Saison was <laughs> Saison fantastic. Mead, yeah. uh, so that's definitely something to check out if you ever get the chance. But this... I, the, when I first took a sip of this, I wasn't sure it, it, because I didn't I didn't get it, uh, and the fact but but the fact that I didn't get it and the fact that I kept exploring it, and 
Well, it seemed like you, a light bulb clicked on when I started yeah. talking about breaded hops, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think if you didn't get help, yeah, you might not have got the beer enough to, to put it right if, if i didn't so. have you giving me i mean to 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 use an analogy if you didn't have you giving me sort of the cliff notes i wouldn't have been able to understand what, what it was going for but when i got when i got the full picture and when i started to really explore it there's a remarkable depth there there and mm -hmm. and i mean like really remarkable like remarkable not not being uh facetious cool. here it, right. it, it, it is remarkable how much stuff there yeah, is i didn't mean that uh, no thing, no the thing is you no, know I, I absolutely agree tasting isn't a solo shouldn't doesn't no. need to be a solo thing and sometimes you know you have let's call them prejudice right you have these yeah. ways of tasting things and you might be blind to an angle and having someone you know bounce ideas. we've been doing this for 10 years we bounce ideas off each other and absolutely. some are hits it's lots of misses and um you know, so when you're tasting with so, taste with somebody and bounce ideas back and forth, it's and, it's really helpful to to give the to give an example of, of another kind of media. I mean, it's, sometimes you may not appreciate a, a movie or a TV show or something that you watch one time you didn't get it, but then somebody tells you look for this, and when you start looking for it, all of a sudden it all it all starts to make sense. It all falls together. In the post show, we're going to talk yeah. about Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, I'm, I saw Greg's tweet, and I'm not sure whether he liked the movie or not yet. Okay. So we'll have to bring that okay. up in the post show. Uh, but but yeah, I, this, this is a beer that that had so much going for it that it it's I think it's easy to write off. But if you just get that like bit of no explore take a magnifying glass this look, look at what's there all of a sudden there's this there's a world there's yeah. a world there and that's that that's spectacular that's yeah, great to find you know some some beers have trading wheels you know some kind of like flanders type sours right you're easy to it's easy mm -hmm. to see why those are different and those are bold flavors that you should explore this one this the proof um tommy arthur was was a lot more nuanced and subtle and it 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 was more happenstance, the exploration. It was very, it was fun. Cool. Lots of fun. Crafty Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to contact us, you can hit us up on Twitter at craftbeerradio, at Jeff Bear, at CBR Greg. Beer at craftbeerradio.com is the email address. And we appreciate everyone who takes the time to listen to the show, or we really, you know, thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you again. This is Romeo Hoy with Never Say Never. Next week. <laughs>